guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy a Pumpkin. It has been a hell of a week, a tiring week, an exhausting week, and I'm here ready to record a podcast for you. I actually spent, today's Saturday, I am recording late, I actually spent all of Friday in bed. I did, I'm not a bed person to begin with. Um, I haven't been once I've been in college since I've, well, maybe not college. Well, the last time I had a roommate, I was a bed person. After that, I haven't been. But yesterday, I stayed in bed all day. I worked from bed. I parented from bed. A lot of tell so-and-so to come here. A lot of me texting Turtle on his iPad to uh, bring so-and-so here to me. (laughs) I cooked from bed, which means I ordered a pizza from bed and had Turtle go get it from the pizza guy at the front door. And then I went to sleep a smooth 10 seconds after the last kid went to sleep at 9 p.m. And... Highly recommends, okay? Sometimes you just need to stay in fucking bed. Um, Today I've been up, out, doing a bunch of shit, and now it's time to get this podcast on the road. But before we do, I want to let you guys know that tomorrow, which is Sunday, I will be recording a Shots of Sunset episode for Liz Explains It All. Um, I'm really excited about that. You guys know how I feel about Shaws in my heart, even though it has gone markedly downhill in the last few years it is still a very gem of a show i believe reza and mj are some of the most vicious people on tv and i if on bravo i would rank tamra barney the most vicious person on bravo because she tried to set up a rape of gretchen with her son on camera let just start there okay and right underneath there, I give Rez and MJ. Rez and MJ do horrendous things to themselves, to each other and others. Um, yeah, those are, those are my top three right there. So it's going to be fun to talk about that, especially with Liz. And um, I hope you guys listen to it on Wednesday when I believe it comes out on Liz Explains It All. Um, another thing I want to remind you guys is a great time for you to join the Patreon. It's at patreon.com backslash buypumpkin. We are about to start a new series over there. It's going to be a Celebrity Rehab, which I'm excited to do. But until then, we're doing one-offs. I did one on um, Heidi Fleiss, her documentary about her trying to open a brothel in Vegas. I did, this past week, I did an episode, a two and a half hour episode uh on um, dealing with mm, doubling down with the Doricos, which is a family on TLC. It's a black family that has that had four sets of multiples back to back. They have fourteen children, two singletons. Um, then they had a set of twins, then quintuplets, then triplets. One of them passed away, and then they had another uh, uh, triplets. And they live in Vegas and. It is a very interesting family. I would say is very much like John and Kate Plus 8, except the dad is very much a Cody Brown, okay? Think about that. And I don't know, the whole thing, I felt like a lot of, they were talking a lot about things that I really wanted to, that I would have wanted to ask, but I know in other TLC shows, we would have been season six before they would have been talking about it. So I thought that was interesting. The whole thing. I talk about what it's like to how to have a large family like that ethnically. Um, is it even possible? And I talk a lot about that in there. Uh, that was commissioned by Taylor. And 
Um, if you guys would like to listen to those uh, one-off bonus episodes, you can go over to the Patreon. It's five bucks a month, best five bucks you ever spent. It's just me talking, 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 talking. It's this, what you listen to all the time, except more, more. And if you'd like to commission an episode, you should email me at hello at buypumpkinpodcast.com because they're only 20 bucks. Let's talk about what you want me to talk about and we'll fit, work something out. Um, but for tonight, we're on Mob Wives. We're on season two, episode nine. It's called Cabin Fever. For obvious reasons, they go to a cabin. And we start off at the Belmont racetrack with Big Ange, Carla, and Ramona, which is an odd trio to be anywhere together, but okay. Um, Big Ange is definitely into it. She's yelling at Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Uh, <laughs> she's screaming. She's flailing around. Ramona doesn't know shit about racing. She doesn't even know what's happening. And when they go take a break to get something to eat, Karen shows up. She just came from lunch with some buyers from Barnes & Noble, and they think her book is going to be a bestseller, and she does too. It's, yeah, I agree. The thing about, so what makes bestseller list is, is based on pre-orders and orders. So um, Karen, who has a celebrity memoir on a very fascinating subject to, to a good number of people, including me, um, is she's going to get the stores are going to order a bunch of shit and so the first day those will be counted as sales um what people don't realize though is that they can so if they order all your if they order all your books and well the reason they would do that is because that they will um they have buybacks which is when a book doesn't sell they can send it back to the uh, publisher and the publisher has to buy it back from them. So it's it's like, it's no, it's a no brainer. Um, it's a, it's a soapy, gossipy book by a celebrity. I mean, even if you don't think she's a celebrity, she's been on one episode of, she's been on one season of, um, of a reality TV show. Now she is the daughter of Sammy Gravano, who is a famous person. And she's gonna be talking shit about Sammy, not talking shit about, but you know what I'm saying? Like, giving up goods about things and so why you you can't lose by ordering big numbers of that book because you because if they don't sell you'll you'll send them back um but yeah I, I she's her book is primed to be a bestseller of course it will be so um Carla tells some cockamamie story about how she thought Ramona's party ended at one so she couldn't go out to the city Manhattan to get to it so she stayed at Drita's party listen she stayed at Drita's party because that's her friend, and she's more comfortable there. And who knows if your ass is going to get jumped at Karen's party. You have no idea. It just didn't make sense for her to go over to uh, Ramona's party. and But she's over here, and, oh, I didn't know what time it closed. I didn't know what time the party was over. I was all the way in stack. Okay, all right, cool. Whatever, just... It's just really hard for me sometimes to respect um, Carla... You know, it's just, she just, I don't know, she just didn't say what it is. And I just don't have a lot of patience for that, you know? I'm okay if you decide you don't want to say something. All right. That means you're making a choice. And it probably means you're more mature than I do because I blurred everything the fuck out. But I can't deal with somebody who 
hymns and haws and says what you want to hear but doesn't really feel that and says it's one way but it's really another way so then later on when you find out it's another way you feel like an asshole because it was the first way and you've been walking around like it was the second way and then they're like well I couldn't tell you could blah 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 well you could have fucking told me so then I would know what was up I know where I stand I don't like a person who I don't know where I stand with them because they don't have I don't know they don't have the eggs to tell me I'm trying to stop saying balls. I'm going to start saying eggs. They don't have the eggs to tell me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just done with it, you know? Like Carla's beautiful. I feel like Carla's a lot like a candy from Real Housewives of Atlanta. And that like, yeah, I see a lot of myself in, in um, candy. I see a lot of myself in Carla. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be with this drama either. I too would just sit back and laugh when some shit happened. Because what else am I going to get up and fight with you? I don't know. But this stuff bothers me. The go along, the get along thing. And then later on, you all like, well, why is she so mad? I'm mad because you should have told me this three weeks ago. That's why I'm mad. Because you knew three weeks ago. You sat in my face three weeks ago. And you over here giving, inter- you giving like uh, talking heads and shit. And you go and have other conversations with the people. But you didn't. you won't fucking tell me. If you can't tell me, text me. Write a note. Leave it on my doorstep. Just fucking give me the information. I cannot deal with people who cannot communicate. So they talk about Renee spiraling out because she's glommed on her junior at this point. She's going to have separation identity. Mm, separation anxiety. She's about to leave. He's about to go. So they want to do a girl's trip to kind of take her mind off of it. They want to go to the Poconos. Um, and everybody thinks that's cool because... Productions already talked to them and figured out everyone's schedule and let them know what the itinerary is. This trip is already decided, okay? Um, but then Big Ange goes, what about Drita? And Karen in her talking goes, what about Drita? Like, we ain't inviting that bitch. And Carla is like, in her talking head, look at everyone's faces when I bring Drita up. I don't think that's cool. It's uncomfortable. Carla, you didn't bring Drita up. Big Ange brought up Drita. It wasn't you. That's the fucking problem. Is that you come in here like you Drita's best friend. And listen, I don't think Drita needs to go everywhere. What, what is Drita? Uh, your Siamese twin? Y'all don't go every, need to go everywhere together. Drita, Drita can stay the fuck home as far as I'm concerned. But the fact is, is that here we are. Sitting at this table with everybody else on the show. I'm not trying. I'm Fuck what they want us to believe. We are, we, are, we are sitting here filming with every other person on this TV show except for your best friend. And they say, we want to go somewhere. And Big Ange is the one that has to go, well, what about Jorita? And you just sitting there making faces. That's what I'm talking about. It's not, that I, it's not that I think Carla can't make faces or that she's doing something terrible. What I'm saying is that later when you're like, well, I had your... No, you fucking didn't, okay? And that's okay, but just don't say that you did when you didn't. That's what I'm talking about. It's your right to sit there and make faces. But don't be over here talking about uh, anytime I bring up Drita. You didn't bring up Drita. Somebody else brought up Drita. Okay? So over at Renee's place, things are getting, or they're going pretty well for her and Junior. It's his birthday. Well, she says they're going well for her, but later we find out it's not. But okay. And she made him French toast and woke him up to eat him. That's not birthday behavior. Let the man sleep. Don't wake me up. The guys, last night, my husband, 
brought me a burger home. And again, they just told you I stayed in bed most of the day. I I was cozy. I wrote a lot. I watched Evil. This is on Paramount Plus. It's I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck I'm watching, but the David character is a nice little piece of chocolatey goodness, and I'm I'm happy looking at him. That's fine. The Ben character, who's the Muslim hacker, if he has to explain to them what deep fakes are one more time, and they just go, "What? What's that?" He said it a bunch of times already, and they're still going, "What's that?" It's giving me iced tea vibes on SVU. Anyway, it was great. Staying in bed, blah blah. blah. He comes home from work. He brings me a burger. He woke me up to eat it. I didn't want to wake up to eat a fucking burger. So then he ate the burger. Basically what I'm saying is I'll see his ass in people's court. Because regardless of if I woke up to eat the burger, that was my burger. Now will he bring up the fact that I once framed a dog to eat a Chipotle so I could eat it? Yes. Will I claim it didn't happen? Yes. Will I be perjuring myself? Yes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you don't wake people up to eat, okay? Oh, you don't wake people up to eat some shit that you could have made at any time. You could have waited till the fucker woke up. Why would you wake him up to eat? So, Ray J goes to call a Ray J. <laughs> um, that was a Freudian slip. I've been thinking a lot about Ray J and for the love of Ray J and danger she smashed her homies, and I've been thinking a lot about that fucking series and i started rewatching it so that that's why she calls renee calls aj down and she screams let's go and junior asks why she's screaming like that and i too want to know why are you screaming like that does he owe you money or something just aj your food's down here and if aj doesn't come down to eat his food then fuck aj i mean <laughs> i'm not trying to be rude like that but like my four-year-old didn't eat his dinner tonight either he didn't i sat him at the table he goes he starts crying and says he doesn't want to eat it. It was fucking delicious. Everybody loved it. But he sometimes does that. So I told him, okay, go in your room. I'm not going to fight you to eat fucking food. I'm not. You didn't get dessert. Then he was like, I just want to drink. Because my kids don't. My kids drink water all fucking day except for dinner. And they get like a juice, you know, full of fucking sugar. But whatever. It's dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's, have, a, let's have a beverage for dinner. So I give, so he's like, I just want to drink. I was like, no, this is a dinner drink. You, you eat your food, you can get this, but no. So he didn't eat dinner tonight and I'm not going to make him. Is he going to be, he's going to be hungry in the morning. So I'm going to, you know, give him a little extra breakfast, but I'm not fighting with nobody to eat nothing. I don't care. My father used to always tell me, both my parents grew up very, very fucking poor. And my father used to always tell me people who are hungry do not have wants. People who are hungry don't have allergies. People who are hungry don't have what they won't eat. And I later found out as an adult, he is absolutely fucking right. When sometimes I didn't have enough to feed myself. Didn't have too many uh, dietary restrictions. I ate what the fuck I had. Um, and he would always tell me that. And he would say, he would not make us eat. And he would just say, when you are ready to eat, your stomach will let you know. And that's it. And so I'm not chasing kids around, making special meals. None of that bullshit. I'm not doing that. That's... That's that stay at home, I got one child bullshit. That's, that's, that's for those people over there. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you got the time to do that type of shit. I don't. And I tell these kids all the time, there's too many kids in here for that. You really have to. I do my best not to make food that they hate. I try to, like, do favorites. And, like, I make his favorite this time and your favorite this time. And, like, I, I don't over 
fill their fucking plates. I give them a, some food. And if you want more, you can ask for more. But I'm not expecting you to eat mountains of food. That's just how it is. The only time I've ever made a different meal was for a foster kid. And it's because he'd only been here for like three days. And I made something that he absolutely hated. Like, would not eat. And I didn't know his hates yet, you know? And so, like, I would have never made that in the first place. Like, um, my almost 10-year-old, will be 10 on Wednesday, doesn't eat spicy food. Everybody else in the house loves spicy food, especially my husband. So, I'm not just going to make a bunch of spicy food and be like, fuck it. I'm, I make sure there's an alternative for him. I make sure that if one food is spicy, like, we love fried cabbage in here. So fucking spicy. But... I don't put anything on his plate and I make sure there's enough food to cover him that's not spicy. That is, that that's understandable. But making entirely uh, new meals? No, 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 no. Got the wrong house for that. And also, I'm never going to sit at the table and just be like, you got to eat. I don't do that. I just don't. So expect my four-year-old to get me up at 630 more and talk about where's the Pop-Tart. But it's fine. He's making choices and and we have to like... We got to let them make some choices, right? And one of them might be that you're not going to eat right now. And when you get hungry, I will see you. The next meal is at this time. Bring your stomach with you. But I just don't understand why Renee's screaming at AJ right now. You know, and Junior asks why she's screaming like a drill sergeant. She says, because I am a drill sergeant. Okay, okay. While they're that, once AJ gets down there at the table, Renee asks Junior to tell her if, she, if he's gotten any text for his birthday today any nice birthday texts and he reads them to her you know it's just you know innocent shit you know so and so just got out of jail <laughs> shit like that um she the reason she she tells us the reason she's concerned is because his ex is still sniffing around and she says she's a hairdresser and that those scissors she cuts hair with, she will stab her in the neck with. And I'm like, okay, Renee. Let's hope, let's hope this bitch never shows, never, never gets stabbed in the neck with some scissors. Because here you are on TV saying you're going to do it. Let's just hope it never fucking happens. Um, so then she gives him a present at the table and watches him open it while smoking a cigarette in her kitchen and again anytime i see somebody smoking a cigarette on tv at this point i'm always they might as well be holding a fucking gun i'm like shocked but okay and she gives him a watch and he says oh cool or something like that and he's like looking at it and then she starts to get upset because she said he's not excited enough and then she then she does this thing where she pretends like she was getting a gift and she tells him what she would say and I'm like, Renee, this is what the fuck they be talking about with you, okay? This is what it is. Like, why are you policing how he acts to your pre how he reacts to your present? Doesn't matter how you react. This is how he reacts. And he said he liked it, and he was saying nice things about it. And even Junior says, "I'm not you." Like, this is how I talk about when I get a present. He puts it on and everything. And, you know, she's just like, fuck it. You'll never get another present from... Like, she's really pissed about it because he didn't react the way she wanted him to. But one of the things is that, like, we already know Junior doesn't communicate. Junior doesn't react the way she wants... Like, from everything Renee tells us, Junior isn't... isn't the one for her, you know? He doesn't do anything she likes. Never, She's never talking about shit that she likes about him. Except that she's in love with him. 
She sounds like me. But, you know, still. <laughs> Which makes you go, what the fuck you want that motherfucker for? And also, I want to remind you that apparently Junior was using a watch to record Renee's father-in-law. Now, so maybe he was thinking, oh, she just gave me this fucking watch. I got to wear the other one because it's got the wire in it. I don't know. However, that's that's what I remember. So maybe that's part of it too, but... At this point, we don't know that. It's just like Renee being, like, wild about a present. Like, there's nothing worse than somebody gives you a fucking present and wants you to, wants to tell you how to use it, wants to tell you what to do with it, wants to tell you how to wear it. Then every time you see them, they're like, well, where's the present? Well, do I have to wear this watch for the rest of my fucking life? Can I not wear other watches? I always will see on TV where somebody's like, my mother-in-law's coming. I have to put the kids in the sweater that she bought them. Well, it's fucking 95 degrees outside, dude. Every time you see these kids, they got to be wearing a fucking sweater. I feel like if they if she bought a sweater, you should have put the children in the sweater, took took some pictures of them, sent them to her with a nice thank you, then had the kids FaceTime. My kids all, listen, you got to say thank you. We ain't raising no rude kids around here. It's not the 50, so I'm not going to make them write a thank you note, even though I think they should. But if we do live in 2021, and some of them are four years old and they can't write. So when somebody sends my kids a, uh, a gift, I make them FaceTime them and talk to them, usually with the gift in hand and thank them personally. And, you know, and also mention something nice you like about the gift. This is this is polite things. This is what you do when someone gives you something. You say thank you. Um, but do I now have to be wearing this for the rest of my life? No. You The gift is given. Then we do what the fuck we want to with the gift. If, it, if, if I had to do what you want me to do with the gift, then this ain't a gift. This is an obligation. Shit. Renee annoyed the fuck out of me this episode. Um, so, Drita and Carla are walking in the park. And Drita tells Carla that she doesn't want to fight with Karen because she wants to be a better person. She doesn't want her kids to learn this behavior from her. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Drita doesn't want her kids fighting in the fucking balconies and rooftops. So Carla tells her that she's going to the Poconos with the other girls and Drita's not invited. Carla fucking stutters as she says it. I'm just like, Carla, do you think you're doing something wrong? If you think you're doing something wrong, then don't do that. And if you think you're not doing something wrong, stop stuttering. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Drita tells us in a talking head that she feels sorry for uh, Carla that she has to go away with these nutcases. Um, I don't know if Drita really believes that, but she's playing it well, though. And I feel like, for the most part, Drita does... She does think it's weird that Carla's hanging out with them, but she isn't being possessive. She isn't... She's just like, okay, all right, girl. Do you. Watch your back, but do you. Which is how I would play it, too, regardless of how I felt inside so Renee calls them while they're walking to complain about Junior. And she mentions that she wishes Drita was coming on the trip. And I'm like, okay, well, if you wanted her to come, why didn't two of you? So I originally thought Big Ange was going, but I don't think Big Ange goes. She doesn't show up. Or maybe she shows up later, but in this episode, she doesn't show up. And I was like, if there are five people and three of you want you to go, let she should go. Also, this is this is early reality tv not excuse me it's not early reality tv it's early in their in their uh series because there's no way in 2021 they would have let her, them 
keep out Drita. They would have said you have to bring Drita. I think the notably the most recent time, the modern times where they allowed someone to to uh, tell someone they couldn't go is Bethany when she went on that uh, tequila trip in Mexico, and it's because Bethany paid for the trip, or or paid. I, she paid enough for the trip that the, that it was her actually her trip and not Bravo paying for the trip because Bravo doesn't pay for weddings and Bravo doesn't pay for parties, but Bravo does pay for vacations. So they do get you the Airbnb. They do get you the plane tickets. That is, they do, you get, you do get a um, per diem for these meals that are going out. Like they'll tell you what you can order, how many drinks or how, like they, they'll, they'll do that. They will not, if you're like, oh, I'm going to get married this season, they won't be like, oh, here's a check for your wedding. That's not how that works. And if they are paying for the trip, you, they decide who goes on the trip. And it's usually everyone, regardless of how you fucking feel. And so if this were three seasons later, even two seasons later, there's no way Drita wouldn't be on this trip. They would have been, they would have made Drita go too. But fine, whatever. Um, so the next time we see them, they're going to the Poconos. We see them drive up there. Remember on reality TV shows when they used to make the lights stay on in the car? Right, so they could see you when you were driving. Now I think everything's GoPros and night vision and all that shit. I don't think they make you turn the lights on. But yeah, that was a time. There's a lot of, uh, when I was looking at old Tory Spelling um, uh, reality shows, and that girl's had so many reality shows. Her and Kendra Wilkinson are two people that like unexplained, like inexplicably, just keep a reality TV show. I think. Kendra's got a new reality TV show. I think it's on like Zeusk or something or some online platform or some shit. But she's got a new one about becoming a a real estate agent at Mauricio's uh agency, the agency. And I knew that shit when they when I first when that shit first started coming out on blogs, Kendra Wilkinson is working for Mauricio. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's about to be a reality show cuz the one thing that bitch will do is keep a reality fucking TV show. So they get there. They're all worried about being in the woods. Ramona and Renee are out front screaming about how they need knives and Jason's coming after them. I'm a loud talker. I come from a bunch of loud ass women, you know, but I would not want to be in the cabin next to these fuckers. I would not want to. They are fucking loud. Um, While they're screaming, Carla's talking about maybe seeing a bear or deer. No, you won't because they're too fucking loud. And Ramona has five or six Louis Vuitton bags. Because she used to be rich and wants us to know. What the fuck is she doing? A garment bag in the woods? A garment bag? What are you... What what, what are you doing? So, um... Ramon... Renee looks like Goldie Hawn in Overboard. Just a lot of, like, physical comedy about having to do things for... Like, she can't even get the bags out. I've seen Overboard so many fucking times. But I'm not talking about, like, when she's doing... It's the first part. See, Overboard's kind of like, uh, it wouldn't fly today. I know they did a remake. I didn't see it. I don't know how they, I don't know how they made it go. But for those who don't know, it is, uh, Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn's a very rich woman. She, uh, Kurt Russell's like, I don't know, a contractor or a plumber. I don't know. He works with his hands. Who works, who works for her. She falls over her boat and like hits her head and loses her loses her her memory of who she is she has amnesia so because he was there when she was i mean she's a real fucking bitch too because she was he was there 
when she wakes up in the hospital, like the doctors are like, and this is your wife? And he goes, yes. I don't know why. I can't even remember why he says yes. But he ends up taking her home. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because he thought she would sue him or like fuck him up or something like that. So instead, he does the worst thing and takes her home and basically tells her that he's his wife, that she's his wife, and that she's the mother of all these kids, including Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And so, <laughs> again, this is horrific. And also, this is the type of shit that, like, a lot of romance novel stories are built on. Like, I have amnesia, and this man says he's my husband, and I have to have sex with... And I'm like... Y'all are trying to make this sexy, but it's actually very bad. This is very bad. And no. But, I mean, in Overboard, he doesn't have sex with her. But he basically uses, oh, she doesn't want to pay him. So she brings him home. So he brings her home and has her take care of the kids and clean and cook and do the books and do all these things around the house to kind of pay for this money that she's refusing to pay him. And, I mean... In the movie, he does not have sex with her. But either way, it's a gross thing to do to somebody. And the kids all go along with it. And by the end, the kids really want her. Like, they're like, this is our new mom. I think their mom died. And <laughs> and then um, Goldie Hawn gets her memory back and is, like, mad about it. And, yeah, they they then she decides she's not that mad about it. And they're in love. And they decide to be together. And now the kids have a rich stepmom. And that's great. That's the fucking movie. But the reason what Renee's giving me when she's trying to get bags out of the car and she's got a fur and she's is Goldie Hawn. Those first parts where she's in the house and he's like, yeah, you do the dishes. The house is horrific, by the way. He's like, you do the dishes. You clean us up. You take care of these badass kids. And it's just her being like, I don't know how to do this. I used to do this. And she, he's like, yeah. You definitely did this. You definitely cleaned the toilet every night. I know you did. And and you definitely slept. Where did he have her sleep? In the bathtub? He had her sleep somewhere. Um, but it's giving me that physical comedy. Goldie Hawn used to do... I mean, I know they're remaking... I, I know that they want Anna, Anna Ferris to be the new Goldie Hawn. And I know Jessica Simpson tried to do... What's major... I forget what it's called. But it's a movie where she has to join the, the army. Um... But Goldie Hawn used to really do give us that physical comedy that we don't... I'm not saying we never got. I, I would say maybe a Lily Tomlin. Maybe. But I don't know. I She really used to give it to us. By the way, there's a new um, Frankie and Grace. It should be Frankie and Grace, but I think it's Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie season out. I'm going to do a whole rewatch of the entire thing. My hope is this season... Dolly Parton shows up and they give us a nine to five reunion. You guys see that movie, Nine to Five? Goldie Hawn, not Goldie Hawn, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Dolly Parton. Yeah. And they have those girls, girls, they have these women um, kind of like do sleepovers and stuff to, to like kind of get to know each other so they can make the movie like really like make the chemistry in the movie. Um, Jane Fonda and. Uh, Lily Tomlin said they have never, even while they were sleeping over, like in the hotels and stuff like that, they've never seen Dolly without her makeup and her wigs. Mm. Anyway, would love for that to happen. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about old fucking movies. Yes, Renee. Renee is doing like, giving us Goldie Hawn trying to get that shit out of the car. 
She's screaming in the house. It smells bad. I mean, it's it's a cabin rental. It's not going to be great. Um, Ro, Ro, uh, Renee will not sleep alone. She, she won't even sleep in the room with the two twin beds, right? Because Carla's like, just sleep in the room with the twin beds. She's like, no, someone needs to sleep with me. I can't be alone. And Carla's like, no. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I feel too. I'm not sleeping in the bed with you. I don't even know you like that. I don't, want, I don't want to sleep in the bed with my children. I, I, I think it's because I didn't grow up with sisters. I really did not sleep with other people when I was growing up. Maybe my mom, like, maybe my mom, but very rarely. My mom just just wasn't that thing. Just wasn't like that. And I didn't grow up with sisters. We didn't just, like, lay in the bed with a bunch of people. I had all brothers. I slept in my own fucking bed, in my own room. That's it. I didn't see nobody naked. I just, I didn't live in one of those naked houses where somebody, like sometimes my dad would be in his boxers, like walking down the hallway and, and I'd be like, oh no, I stay in here. He's in his boxers. I, it was never like one of those houses where you just might, I don't know, see a testicle. It never, 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 never. And sometimes when I'm around with my sister-in-laws, I have six sister-in-laws from my husband and then I have three brothers. So I have nine sister-in-laws. Um, and then one of my, one of my brothers has been married before, so I actually have 10 sister-in-laws. Um, I, sometimes when I'm around them, they'll be, they'll be like wanting to do like, I don't know. I, they just want to do stuff that I'm uncomfortable with because like my husband's sisters, they'll just like get dressed around each other, call, tell each other they have pussies or whatever. I don't know. That, that feels all very uncomfortable to me. Wearing other people's clothes, that feels uncomfortable to me. Why would I wear somebody else's clothes? These are my clothes. Why do you want to wear my clothes? Why do I want to wear your clothes? Why don't we just wear the clothes we brought? Like, I brought these clothes with me for a reason, right? So I'm going to wear these and then you wear yours. If you need more clothes, go to the store and buy them. And don't ask me for my clothes. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I'm just, I didn't grow up like that. So maybe that's why... So I'm just saying, if you and I, you listening to this, were ever in a cabin again and you were like, please sleep in the bed with me, I'd be like, no. If there was only one bed, I would ask you to sleep on the floor. And if you refused, then I would sleep on the floor. Because I don't, I'm, it's very unnecessary for me to be doing all that. Um, so back at home, Big Ange and, and Drita meet up at the bar. And Drita is talking about how just... All that shit about how glad she is she isn't there. And I was like, you go on and on for a while. I don't know. Are you really glad? And she seems, as she goes on and on for a while, she finally, she tells Big Ange she's going to anger management classes or therapy or something. And Big Ange tells her it's a good idea because people are getting hurt here. <laughs> that was the closest I got to an actual Big Ange. It's because my voice is still like low. So later we do see Drita go to see an anger man. She says an anger management doctor, but I'm like, is he a therapist? Like what, what is, what's an anger management doctor? A therapist, right? Um, he looks like a priest and maybe it's cause he's wearing all black, but it, maybe it's cause I've been watching evil. Um, but he looks like a fucking priest to me and, but he looks like an old grizzled priest who, who's also in the army. So he's seen things and he like, I don't know, like, he's done a bunch of exorcisms. He's seen the devil. Like, he, he seems like he's been through some things, you know? Um, he's like, you know, he's he's been to the edge of hell, and now he believes in God even more. Like, I don't know. And so she starts telling him, she says, growing up as an Albanian immigrant, you don't go to therapy at all. 
Um, you know, you, they, you barely even go to dentist. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, all Albanians feel that way. I think it does have a lot to do with the fact that she was Albanian. I think she's first generation um, from immigrants. Her parents are immigrants. I think she grew up in the projects. I think all those things contribute to the fact that she, like, therapy isn't a thing. And, like, if your tooth's about to fall off, she says that they just get a player pliers and rip the shit out. Like, the, all those things contribute to that. Um, and she tells him about getting super angry in high school about some kids throwing a hamburger, a cheeseburger, at a kid in a wheelchair's face and how upset she got by it and she ends up tackling one of the dudes. And the therapist says, like, as she's telling that story, her breathing changed. She says, he says he can see that she's about to cry. She ends up does crying. He says that anger often comes from the belief that you're being screwed over in some way. And she tells him about Karen and Ramona and all of that. She says that they could say whatever they wanted and get away with it. They they grew up protected and privileged. They enriched families. And that Drita grew up in the projects. And that, like, if somebody's in your face where she the way she grew up, it's not for fun. Like, it's a fight. And you can't just go around talking and shit. And I think that's the most accurate way Drita's talked about this in forever. Because Renee grew up, her father was in the mob. She grew up a mafia princess. Very protected, very much like got a fur when she was 10 years old, that type of shit. Karen too. Karen was the apple of her father's eye. And like even Ramona. Ramona grew up, I maybe maybe she maybe Ramona didn't grow up super rich, but Ramona grew up richer than than Drita did. And at this point she's you know, she's lived the rich life, the high life in Dubai. So when Drita looks at them, they are rich girls. It's interesting. And she says, when she says they were protected, right? So they could go around talking to Yang Yang and then call their dad. We In this episode, we see Renee do that. Except she calls Junior. You can do whatever. You can get in whatever fight and you call Junior. And Junior will come. And for Drita, Drita had to grow up. She had to figure it fucking out. And if somebody rolled up on you, you had to do what you had to do. There was no one to call. And I find that when Drita says it like that, I understand a lot of things. I mean, still, if you want to run around here hitting up people, you get what you get. You don't get upset. But I understand where she's coming from. It's about it's about more than what they're fighting about. Um, that's the last we see of Drita in the episode. The rest of it's in Pocono. So back in the Poconos, they go horseback riding. Carla grew up on horses. She had three when she was a kid. Um, I wonder what kind of horses she had. Did she grow up on a farm and they had like old broken down horses there? Or is she did she grow up wealthy enough that they had and boarded horses? Like what was that about? Um like the more I'd like to know more about Carla. Um The rest are new to it. Renee is screaming the entire time. I'm sure the guy that was leading them was sick of her. I was just like, you, it's, we're, you're in the woods. And I know the Poconos is not like, you know, it's not the Alaskan outback or whatever. That's how they call it. The Alaskan wilderness. It's not that. But, you know, it's quite, it's a vacation area. It's on a lake. There are lakes and shit. You know, there are people there. 
But I just can't imagine getting up early and like being in like an outdoor space and riding a horse and doing all those things and having this wild ass woman screaming alongside, like just screaming nonstop about how her tits are bouncing, about how Big Ange couldn't come because cause she need, she would need two sports bras. Like, dude, just ride the fucking horse. Later, Renee and Carla are smoking cigarettes, Newports. Um... I always find it interesting that Renee smokes Newports. I I only know black people who smoke Newports. I don't... I don't know anybody non-black who smokes Newports, but okay. She smokes Newports. Um, she tells Carla that she's still upset about what her sister-in-law told. So, my... I had the story wrong, okay? Last week, I think I said it wrong. That... I was saying that Ramona told... Renee's sister-in-law. She did not. Ramona told said this in front of Drita, apparently, and Drita told Renee's sister-in-law, who told Renee. And um Renee's still upset about it, but she but she she feels like she feels like she wants to talk about it now. And Carla's like, I don't know about all that. And I'm with Carla. First of all, You've known about this for some time. You've known about it since Halloween. Now, I don't know if this is a week after Halloween or three weeks after Halloween. I don't fucking know. But you've known about it since Halloween. Since before Halloween, right before Halloween. Why didn't you ask Ramona? Like, Renee wants me to think she's a boss bitch, right? Right? She's a mafioso. She's coming at you hard. She's going to do what she got to do. You know, all this. Sit down. I remember, I don't know if it's this season or next season, but Mob Wars was a big game on Facebook. And she's like, you don't play Mob Wars with me. I win every time. Like, that, you want me to believe that, right? But what a boss bitch would do is as soon as, like, when Drita said that, I'd be like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk to Ramona about this. And depending on how messy I wanted to be, I call Ramona right then. Ramona, put her on speaker. Ramona, I'm here with Drita. Judy just told me, you said, that blah, 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 blah about my family. So, what's up? Is that true? And get that shit cleared right the fuck up. Now, I already know what's going to happen. Ramona's going to say she didn't say it. Judy's going to say she did say it. And that's it. And these two people don't like each other. And you already know what's, what, what it is. So, maybe you decide you don't even want to make that phone call. Maybe you're just like, ugh, more of this shit. Maybe. I can see myself doing that too. But what I'm not going to do is hold on to this shit for weeks at a time. See Ramona many, many, many times. If I'm going to say something to Ramona, I'm going to say something to Ramona next time I fucking see her. Or I might make it a point to go see Ramona and tell her about it. I'm not going to hold on to this. Be in Ramona's face. Not say shit. Yet I'm mad. And then later, once we take our asses all the way to the fucking Poconos, bring it up. But that's what Renee does. Renee is like that. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get there. Okay, so it's night. And they're cooking and giving, you know, sitting around. And Ramon, they're giving Renee vodka. Ramona's giving her vodka, which she calls devil water. Which would have made me take it from her. Because we all stuck up here. I can't go home. But she's like, I don't really drink vodka, blah, 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 blah. But she's drinking it. And then she's saying, like, she didn't take her antidepressant. And she's not going to take her antidepressant all weekend. And she's saying in this voice, like, you're in for a treat. Oh, hell no, Renee. Now, 
I don't know what energy person she's taking. I don't know, like, is she not taking it so she can drink? I don't, I, I have no idea. But I would much rather Renee take her antidepressants and whatever other medication she's supposed to be on now, take take that shit just like you were at home, then drink. Because we don't have to drink to have fun. I know I sound like a fucking nerd. I know that. But I am not someone who drinks like that. I am... If I do, it's like a foo-foo drink at Chili's. I'm not doing, uh, I don't need, I don't need alcohol. If we don't, it, it's not necessary for me. Um, maybe a margarita here and there. But if Renee can't drink because she needs to take her medication, then I'm cool with it. And guess what? I won't drink either. So let these two drink and you and I don't have to drink. It's fine. It's no big deal. Because I don't want to be stuck in a cabin with you away from home and you go off the fucking rails. But that's exactly what fucking happens. It is very clear Renee's in a fragile place and Renee is drunk. I they are depressed the pills, all the other shit. I don't know I don't know what what effect that has on what we're seeing. But she's quite obviously drunk. And she's quite obviously in a in a fragile space. So she starts talking about Junior. And she starts telling the truth about what's going on with Junior. She tells him that Junior's looking out to reach to his ex. Reach out to his ex. And that the ex called her three times to tell her that. So she confronted him. He admitted his mistake and changed his number. Now, that right there, I was like, okay. But Renee, why is Junior reaching out? If you and Junior have agreed that he can't reach out to his ex because you guys have trust issues in your relationship and that's what you need to make this relationship go for, for why is he reaching out? Why is he trying to get find her? All she's saying is that he admitted his mistake and he changed his phone number. I'm like, but that's not, does like that doesn't matter. The question is why? So, he says after Junior changed his number, she says she gets a call on her private line, which I'm guessing is her house phone. Is that what she's saying? It's her house phone. It's like private sign listed or something like that. And she says the girl's like, ha ha, bitch, he's still looking for me. And she said, ha ha, bitch, he can fuck an old leather couch if he wants to be with you and some other shit. And, and the scissors you use to cut hair will be in your neck when I stab you in your jugular. Well, okay, Renee. That's all well and good. And, like, a lot of times people will be like, I don't think she said that. I do think Renee said that. I think Renee doesn't have a great, like, impulse control. And I think a lot of people would have felt like saying that, like, a little while later. But I think Renee snaps. I think Renee probably said that or something similar. Either way, that's all well and good. But did you, how did she get your house number? Junior, right? Junior, ask yourself that. So then she goes off about how ugly she is and how the 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 ex, how ugly the ex is and how she she's another she's another fucking puss. I don't know. She they bleep out the next word, but is she saying puss pussy? I don't fucking know. Um, Carla. It's like, okay, well, I think you're giving her too much attention, which is exactly what I would feel. Like, again, Carla has the right instincts. I, I see myself, a lot of myself in Carla, but because she's saying this to Renee, Renee gets upset. And Renee's like, I can't ignore her. This woman is calling my son. I'm like, did she call your son? Like, are you saying she called your son's cell phone number? Or are you saying she called the house phone where your son is? Because I think it's more, I think it's the second one. And when that's the case, I think you're just being overdramatic. Should she be having your phone number? No. 
Junior gave it to her, obviously. But her calling her house phone is not the same as her calling your son. Um, and the girls all say what I would say. Well, why are you dealing with this? Why isn't Junior dealing with this? This is not your thing to deal with. If Junior wants to be with you and he doesn't want to be with her, first of all, why is he reaching out to her? And second of all, when she calls your private phone, your private phone line, why isn't he, why isn't Junior calling her and being like, that's not cool. Don't call my fucking house again. You know, I don't find Christopher North sexy. I really don't. Um, especially on Sex in the City. He is just not sexy to me. He just, I don't know, something going on with his neck. His neck's too wide in some places. Is that what it is? I don't know. Um, I'm really excited for the, not remake, revival of Sex in the City. Because it looks like Big and Carrie have divorced. And I'm looking forward to that because they should have never fucking got married. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But on The Good Wife, when his character, you know, obviously he's been sleeping with a bunch of prostitutes and possibly doing some criminal stuff, which is, I think, yes, but also not the thing. I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's it's complicated. It, it happens every fucking, every fucking season in The Good Wife. Um... Notably, I did not watch The Good Wife when it was on TV. I watched The Good Wife. I binged it on Netflix and the last season was on TV. So a lot of things people find like really endearing about The Good Wife is not endearing to me because I was watching it back to back to back to back. And I was like, so we just gonna keep doing this? It was. It didn't happen over a course of many years for me. But anyway, so he's like embarrassed his wife on TV and all this other stuff. And one of like the call girls, they call them call girls or whatever, one of the call girls was had been calling his wife's phone number and you know and like I don't know she'd been she'd been like releasing like salacious details of what they were doing or whatever and like like in theory I'm like that's what you get why did you do all that why did you why did you tell her that shit about your fucking wife why did you do that that's your fault not the call girl's fault but unfortunately in my basis desires the one time I found Christopher North sexy is when he is talking to the call girl. Because he's basically threatening her. <laughs> Which, again, I'm like, logically, I'm like, this is wrong. Like, why are you threatening to kill her? Basically, he's threatening to get, like, some mafioso on her or whatever. But he's just sitting there in a the boardroom. And she's like, come on. Da-da-da-da. And he's like, you phoned my wife. Did you phone my wife? Don't ever phone my wife again. And by the way, uh, another thing I didn't I didn't know because I know I wasn't watching it in real time. On the Good Wife, they they say phoned all the time, and I was like, is that a Chicago thing? That I didn't I don't recall that when I lived in Chicago. But apparently, it's a writer's room joke. Like one of the writers says it all the time, and so they they started putting it in all the episodes. But in this scene, he's just like. Don't ever phone my wife. Don't ever. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I'm a little bit attracted. I'm a little bit attracted to this. And why am I attracted to this? What is my love language? Acts of service. And even though it's all Peter's fault, that's his character's name, Peter's fault that Alicia is going through all this shit. Um, the fact that a thing is happening to her, she's being embarrassed and everything, and that Peter comes to the rescue is incredibly like sexy to me like people who take things off my plate do things for me make make sure i'm that is that is sexy to me and 
is kept me out of the way of a lot of fuckboys because a lot of fuckboys say but don't do. So, right? So, like, but I like the person that does. And in that moment, I'm like, oh, okay, I see it. I see it. It's the first and last time I was. But anyway, I think Junior should threaten to have this woman killed. But what I'm saying, though, is that, like, Junior, I agree with all the other girls. Like, why is Renee handling this? Why is this Renee's problem? What is Junior doing while. First of all, let's exp- let's find out why he's looking for her, and why is he bringing this grief on you? Anyway, Karen cuts the conversation off. She says she didn't come up here to talk about this at all, which I agree, Karen. Like Karen's like, I don't want to sit here all night, and and I think Karen also realizes she's drunk, right? She's drunk, and Renee's getting mad at them. They don't understand anything. They aren't saying the right thing. She's getting super mad at Ramona in particular. Karen says that sometimes. Two people love each other a lot, but they're just toxic together. And Renee yells out, I just don't want him to cheat. And I'm like, okay, but it's not Karen's fault. Like, he's going to cheat on you. You've got, you ran out here and got this alley cat, and now you want to be an inside cat. He don't want to be no inside cat, though. He want to run the streets. So let him run the streets, and you go down to the shelter and get yourself a nice, fat, old fucking cat. I just want to stay in the house. That's what you get. But here's the problem. You attracted these street cats. That's the problem. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop talking about cats now. Um, she says they all grew up a certain way. And they were raised to know what, what men in this lifestyle do. She's talking about side chicks. And Am I saying it right, Gumas? Am I saying that wrong? Um, Karen tells her that, like Karen, Carla says, we're done with the crying. Let's do something else. And Renee sitting across the table, she's like, you're lucky your hair is strong as it is. I was like, what do you say? You're going to rip out her fucking hair? What do you, what do you say? And they decide to play some cards. At some point, they're talking about the bearskin rug on, uh, it's either on the wall or on the floor or whatever. And Karen jokes that Ramona can wear it like a coat because Ramona loves like furs. And Renee says, oh, she would never wear a bear. And then she pretends to be Ramona and says, my house was 20,000 square feet. And Ramona says kind of quietly, it was 30. And <laughs> and that's when Renee says, you know what? You why you make me mad? And so she tells Ramona that Drita said what she told her. And she actually doesn't say what Drita said. She goes, blah, 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 blah. But Ramona says, Ramona says, whatever it is isn't true. She I guess she kind of knows because she says Drita's been walking around telling everybody that. And she said it didn't happen. She didn't say shit about Junior. Okay, so then Renee runs out of the room and comes back with a purse, like you know those big ass purses. Mona talked about it when we were on the screen, when we were on the when she was on the 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 podcast. Those big ass purses. I still have a big ass purse. I can't ever find shit in it. Um, she comes back and throws it like on the floor, and she's like, "What do you say to me? What do you say to me?" There's like some walking editing here because all Ramona said was, I didn't say anything, I'm not lying. So what does, what was said and what, or what does Renee think was said? Because all I heard was something like, I don't know, very regular. So Ramona says she didn't know Junior before he was with Renee. He could have been an astronaut or a fucking president, but she doesn't know him. And that's when we see why, Ramon, why Renee has the bag. She's got her phone. She's calling Junior, screaming, Junior, Junior, Junior. I'm like, shit, it's the middle of the night. 
Junior's probably face deep in the chest of that damn hairdresser, going, why is she screaming? What does she want? And then she tells Ramona to swear on your kids, swear on your four kids. And Ramona does. She swears that her four kids should die if she's lying. And Renee says that's enough. Like, on a dime. is like, okay, I believe you. I'm like, what? So Ramona stands up and she's screaming and, and she's like, fuck Drita and banging the table. And Carla's like, um, you know, Drita should be here for doing this. Which is the first time Carla's spoken up for Drita. And Renee's like, you stay neutral because I know for a fact Ramona would never lie to me. You over here representing for Drita. I'm like, what? Before this, you was, you, oh, now Ramona wouldn't lie to you. Okay, okay, okay. One moment she's mad, like Carla and me are both confused. One moment she's mad at Ramona, now she's like, Drita is fucking lying. Ramona's screaming at Drita, said, Drita says, Drita says, Drita says. And Carla asks if she can talk. And Renee says, yeah, because you never talk. And Carla's like, because you don't let me. Renee is kicking over a table. Ramona's threatening to stab Drita. She says, Drita wants to sit at the table so bad. But then she tells her mother to get here. And I think she's talking about like, Italian, the lifestyle and stuff, because Drita is an outsider. Another thing that, like, when I bring, when I think about, I'm like, okay, I see more and more why Drita is like fighting her way through fucking everything. She says she knew what to say, that Drita knew exactly what to say to Ramona, how to push her buttons. Now Renee is screaming in Carla's face, You picked the wrong team! I'm like, what? Carla doesn't even do anything to you. She tells Carla that she believes Ramona. Eventually, they all calm down and play some cards. And I guess they take their asses to bed. But that... Listen, this is why I can't fuck with Renee. Renee, you don't know how she's going to... You don't know what she's going to do. You don't know how she's going to react to things. You don't know if she's taking her pills, if she hasn't, if she's drunk. Like, anything can fucking happen. And I can't deal with that back and forth shit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a nervous person, all right? I'm already... I'm already on the edge of hysterical 24 hours a day. I, you don't push me, okay? And so she's doing all this screaming in Carla's face. Carla isn't doing shit to you. Carla, by the way, Carla's barely Drita's friend. She's the worst friend ever, okay? So if you think Carla's sticking up for Drita, you're wrong, <laughs> all right? Ugh. So the next morning they get up, you know. They go fishing. Big Ange calls, and I wonder why she isn't there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just wondering when they get up, uh, you know, uh, Karen's making French toast. And Renee tells Carla she wants to let it be drama-free and Drita-free. So don't bring up Drita. I'm like, bro, you brought up Drita. Nobody brought up Drita except for you. <laughs> okay. And when they go fishing, so they go fishing, and Big Ange calls, and I wonder why Big Ange isn't there. Because I was like, I thought she was coming. Does Big Ange have to work? Is that what it is? Begin, just show us your job now. You got to come. Renee's like loving to be on the boat. It reminds her of being a kid. Her father bought a 36-foot boat when she was younger. And she would go out fishing. She loved doing that type of shit. She says, you know, she, she says she can't wait to see her father when she comes home through the window. <laughs> Which makes me question some things. So when we think about, so Renee's estranged from her father. Why... Does Junior have to get back together with her to get close to her father? Is it... I don't get it. I don't... I don't... 
Like, could he not be close to her father if, because he's his son-in-law, if she's not back, if they're not back together? And does he not know that they're estranged? Like, what was, I, I, I hope they untangle that for us later. Um, there's a little horseplay with them throwing worms and shit at Ramon and Carla, the two that absolutely don't want to do shit like this. Alright, so it's night, and they're going to go to a place called Shenanigans, which already don't go to a place called Shenanigans, because it's going to be stunts and shows in that bitch, baby. But, you know, they're going, it's a hot spot in the Poconos. Um, Karen is in a confessional saying that Renee used to be fun, and she wished she could get the old Renee back, because right now we never know what might happen. Agreed. I mean, except for, I don't know if old Renee was fun or not, because this is the only Renee I know, this bat shit turn on a dime chick that, like, you have no idea what's going to fucking happen. So they get dressed. Renee's looking for her night. Carla's wearing some fake teeth to prank them. And they go. It's not Staten Island. It's not a club like that. It's a little dive bar. I mean, it's pretty big. But it's 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 a dive it's a dive bar karaoke. It's, it's that type of place. And a place I feel absolutely at home in. Unlike a club in Staten Island. Um, I love a fucking dive bar. Um... They're also coming in with cameras and everything. And so what happens next has a lot to do with their, they have cameras in there. Okay. And so, you know, men are talking to them, asking how they're doing and shit. And there's a guy with a bandana that comes over and talks to them. It's a blue bandana. He asked if they're like flirting with him or whatever. And Karen's, everyone's fine with like Karen, Ramona and Carla are talking to him. And they're just like, hey, they're not like, when I say flirting, I don't mean like they want to take this motherfucker home. I mean like they're just being nice to him and having chit chat and being like, oh, so what do you do? You know, shit like that. And they're like asking him if he has tattoos and he says that he has a squirrel on one leg and a nut on the other. And already Renee's like, no, no, no. And he's explaining that the reason he has it. First of all, they asked him if he had tattoos. And he's explaining that the reason he has one, he only has one nut because he has testicular cancer or he had it. And that tattoo is in memory of his nut, I guess. And Renee's like, this is disrespectful. You don't talk about cancer. You don't stop. I think she thinks he's making up the cancer, which I don't think he is. I, I think, I don't know. I think that's just a story he tells all the time. He did have, he does have one nut. Um, but... Uh, Renee's like, this is disrespectful. It's too much for her. And he's getting around with her. But honestly, the other girls were talking to him and Renee just wanted him to get away. So she was being rude. Um, she's the only one being rude. And so he says, he talks about like he has, he's talking about how they have hot tubs on the lake. And I'm thinking, I think what he means is like a floating hot tub. You ever seen those things where they have like floating trampolines on, a, on lakes and shit like that? You see, you know what I'm talking about? I think he means something like that. And Renee goes, you tell us about your hot tub one more time, you'll be floating in your hot tub. And I don't know if that was edited. Like, maybe he wasn't around or whatever. But, Renee, what the fuck? What? Like, is he annoying? Yeah. And also, is it annoying to go places and have men just come and talk to your fucking ear off? Especially men you're not interested in? Yeah. But they're talking to him. You're the only one who doesn't want him to be... T Maybe they're talking to him politely, but they're talking to him. And you're the only one acting really wild up in here. And why are you threatening to kill him in a hot tub? What is that about? At this point, he gets mad. 
Renee says that she's asking him to go away. He says, I'm not talking to you, honey. Which is, don't call me honey. And security's kind of taken away. Karen is getting up. Carl is kind of laughing at this point. Renee is chasing him and telling him to get away. And he's yelling, is freedom of speech wrong in America these days? We can't talk to anybody. So, okay, we know he was on January 6th. And so, so Karen starts telling him to go away. She says, he's like, listen, do you, she's like, do you have a mother? She's a mother, respect mothers. And I'm like, okay, well, when we say respect mothers, we mean respect your mother. We don't mean any bitch that had a child we, we can't we can't talk to. That's not that's not what that means. We mean like mothers do a lot. Let's let's give a cheer for mother. We mean that. We don't mean like now that you had a kid you're untouchable. I mean you out here you you ask it for it, you can get it. Not that I'm on the guy with the bandana side. I just feel like he sees cameras, this is his bar probably. He probably comes to his bar all the fucking time. He's probably a local comes over he's like oh i'm gonna go talk to these bitches and he, he's talking to him he's telling his story he's doing his thing with the squirrel and the nut on camera and they're like egging him on and shit and there's this one chick that's just like yelling at him but when karen tells him to respect her she's a mother blah blah blah, blah. she always want to be a mother you know when she gets into trouble then they use somebody's mama okay um he says fuck your mother or something like that and then everybody got wild. And the girls stand up. Ramona's yelling. Carla's screaming. I ain't seen Carla scream like that. Carla's screaming. Security's pushing them out. The whole crowd is clapping. And Renee is telling them that it's their fault because they were talking to him. She's pissed. And they're like, what are you talking about? You're the one that was screaming and doing all this stuff. And then she gets up and she says she's leaving. And the last thing we see is her walking out the door. She's got her cell phone up and she's going junior i'm coming home and that's the end of the episode <sighs> i want to say again i feel like renee's a lot she's a lot to be friends with she's a lot to be your sister she's a lot to be your daughter she's a lot and unless you just know her from like going out sometimes like kind of a party friend like Maybe she's not your friend, but you, but she's friends with two of your friends. And so whenever you guys like go out, you do see Renee. If that's happening, I completely understand. I'm like, she's probably fun. She's probably at the bar. She's dancing, doing her jail pose like she was doing last week. She's probably telling stories and laughing loud and batting those cat eyes at you and wearing a fur. Probably a fun time. But I can't imagine Renee being a necessary part of my life and me having to do this with her all the time and constantly be like, what's Renee going to say? Is Renee going to fall to the ground in pieces? Is Renee going to scream? Is Renee going to be in it? Like she's chasing this man. I don't want to be chased. She's drunk. She's not on her pills or she's on too many pills. I'm not sure. And it's just so much shit going on. And also... So the Renee and Junior thing, they've heard about Junior forever. They, Junior is, Junior in that relationship is what, 18, 19 years old? That relationship is because age is like 17, 18 years old. And for 12 years, you guys have been broken up and you've been fucking him while he's 
had all these various girlfriends. By the way, even if you used to be married to him, if he has a girlfriend and you're fucking him, you are the other woman. You are. So I wouldn't be surprised if Junior's ex-girlfriend is actually really fucking mad at Renee because while she was dating uh, Junior, Junior was fucking Renee. I don't know. He'd show up to fight some dude at a bar for her. And then, I don't know, they fuck in a car. I don't know. But imagine you're dating some guy with a, with a scar, like Scar from The Lion King, and you think that's really hot and sexy. And you find out that, like, anytime he goes over to fix his ex-wife's pipes, he's really fixing her fucking pipes, you know? I can see why that ex don't like you either, Renee. And I also think that the other... And Renee's practically said this, actually. That the reason she doesn't trust Junior is because all these years she's been fucking him. So she knows what he's like. She knows how he knows what he does. And yet, you're telling me he cheated on you your entire relationship. And that's why you broke up. Then, he had many relationships in the 12 years you guys were broken up and cheated on them with you. And now you're trying to tell me that you don't, you just don't want him to cheat? When was he not cheating, Renee? When? What you want him to do next? Fly in the sky? You ain't never seen him fly either. So you should assume he can't do that. What you want him to do? Walk on the fucking ceiling? Breathe on the water? You asking him to do shit that's not in his DNA. He is, and he's not just like a, listen, we've all, we've all cheated on people. We've all done it. I, I, me included. We've all done it, okay? Um, but there's a difference between someone who cheats once or twice and somebody who cheats in every relationship they're in. That is, has less to do with the relationship and more to do with the fact that they feel comfortable cheating and they feel they have a right to cheat. So if anything is wrong in a relationship, instead of handling that, meaning working through it in a relationship or ending a relationship so you can move on to the next one where you, uh, you'll you presumably be more happy, your, your answer to, your tool, your solution to the problem is to go cheat. And if that is the only tool in your fucking tool belt, then that's the one you're going to use. What do they say? It, everything in the world looks like a fucking nail when all you got is a hammer. That's it. All he's got is a hammer. So even if he isn't about to rat on your dad and has been lying and doing all this crazy shit, even if that's not what he what's about to happen, the fact is he is a cheater. He had a baby on you while you guys are married. Where's the fucking baby? Where's the baby? Does he see this kid? If he doesn't see the kid, fuck him anyway. He barely sees your kid. Renee. <sighs> Listen, a lot of times when Junior's in the scene, I side with him because he's the one not screaming, right? So he's making a lot of sense. It's very hard. Sometimes you can be perfectly right. You, you could be the most in the right. And the fact that you were screaming makes people not want to be on your side. That said, do not mistake the fact that I think that it's okay for Junior to say he enjoys the watch instead of jumping up and down the table like he's Tom Cruise on that fucking couch with Oprah. Don't mistake that for me saying, well, Junior, well, you know, Renee makes all the problems. Junior makes the problems. Junior is a huge problem in this relationship. Renee's problem is that she doesn't know when to cut bait and move on. That's Renee's problem. She has incredibly low self-esteem. She's got a happy family fantasy in her fucking head. 
And, you know, she's got a type. And like she said in one episode, people ask me why I don't date. All the good ones are in jail. When you think all the good ones are in jail, you got a very specific type. Okay? So that's this episode, guys. Um, I'm hoping to have some announcements for you guys in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. I don't want to say anything about it until I know for sure. So just stay tuned for that. And, you know, um, I will see you guys next week. Later.